This week on the Three Rings podcast. Do we need traditional standards for non-traditional shows? The Beatles have released a brand new video. We can't just stick in what we did in the 1500s because it worked then. If it ain't working today, it's time to change. Great song, bizarre video. That's what I would say. They will manipulate these stories when they need to to get attention. Welcome to the sixth episode of the Three Rings podcast, where we discuss industry issues, news, stories, and we give our take and advice and opinions on all sorts of different topics. My name's Stuart Bishop, and I'm here with my fellow director, Bailey J. Muir. So before we get on with it, subscribe to the channel, click the like button, and hit the notification bell up top at that side of the screen then you'll know all about it when next week's episode comes out. This week, we are discussing The Beatles have got a brand new song and video out. We're going to be discussing that. Our second topic is we're going to be discussing the Charlie D'Amelio Walmart controversy. It's all gone down. We're then going to be discussing should theatres allow people to get their phones out? Is it actually stopping the theatre industry getting bigger? And topic four is the King Lear Macintosh cancellation controversy. So let's get on to our first topic of the day. The Beatles have released a brand new video. Let me ask you, Bailey, first of all, off the bat, right? I told you about this. I was very excited. The Beatles have got a new song and it's advertised as their last ever, their last ever one, um, because it's taken from a recording that John made it, um, they tried to do it in the 90s um, with George, Ringo and Paul, um, but they didn't have the technology at the time to pull everything together. Now they have. And the song, I think the song's brilliant. I love the song. It's typical Beatles. But the video, <laughs> I told you about it. And uh, what, what's your opinion on it? Yeah, I mean, I'd already watched the song when it came out last week. And I thought that was wicked. I didn't even know there was a video, to be honest. And when you told me about it and I went and watched the video, I was like, whoa, like, it's just strange, isn't it? It's like the video almost doesn't feel like it goes together. You can tell it's being clipped from like a load of different eras, but it's almost like it hasn't been clipped well. Do you ever remember Peter Kay? Actually, you should know this. Peter Kay's... Um, this is the way to Amarillo. It's superimposed, but it's meant to look stupid. And it's meant to look superimposed that they're, they're running on a treadmill and there's like scenes in the background and that, but actually always done is got a load of celebrities to run. That's what it feels like. It's like, do you think it feels enough like that video to actually work? Cause I'm like, I get the same thing. It does feel like that, but it feels like it's accidentally like that, not on purpose like that, like Peter Kay's where it was more like comedic. It's like they've tried to make it look good, but it's just terrible. I don't know. I really don't know. Because it's Peter Jackson. Um, so if you go on... if it, So it's Peter Jackson, who obviously did um, Lord of the Rings. And he also created the the whole documentary which is on disney plus if you haven't seen it it's it's i mean it's it's 10 hours long so you can't just watch it <laughs> straight away but it is fascinating insight into them um so he did it from the clips that they had um you know that they, they had done during that period and other clips from their career so it's not like it's been done by a joke production 
but it's 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 a very strange one i mean what what's also strange is is um ringo star he looks incredible i mean they're both they're both 80 they're both in their 80s uh ringo's obviously like darkened his um his his what's it called i think i need to get some of that this darkened stuff so get rid of your gray but it and then he's in like a like this random it looks very expensive tracksuit it looks it's probably like a diesel or something tracksuit and he's got his a t-shirt of a picture of him on his t-shirt it's all it, it, it it's all so random it's like they've come ringo's just come dressed Paul's just come and then they've gone, oh, well, we just need to, we'll just do this and we'll do that. And then they've come up with the idea. It almost looks like AI generated. It doesn't look like the people behind the creative. It's, it's got it. I mean, I'm walking around London and it's, there's posters up everywhere for it. Um, you know, in the tube and it's, it's advertised as the Beatles last ever song. It's so cool that they can actually do that as well, isn't it? Like have that legacy brand where even what would be like, what, 50 years on now? they can still activate and everyone still loves it. Whereas if another group from that time period came out with a song, like most, most of those bands from that era, people wouldn't care anymore. Let's say like a Bay City Rollers. No one would bat an eyelid. There's only like them rolling stones of that era that can really do it. Uh, there are, you've got like Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin. The problem with those type of super rock groups is that they kind of stopped and then they haven't, where the Beatles... I mean, the Beatles had so many songs and so many albums. And then when they did eventually split, the the individual members had individual success. It's, you know, Pete, Paul, um, obviously John had a little bit and then he was killed. And then George Harrison had big success as well. Ringo's never really, I mean, he was a drummer. He has had albums out, but he's, he's never been known for his songs. He was known for Thomas the Tank Engine in my day. Yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, it's not the same now. I've watched when my son was growing up, um, when I say growing up, he, he, you know, as a toddler, he was watching um, Thomas the Tank Engine. And it, yeah, it's not the same without Ringo's uh, voice. I can't imagine it without him. Those ones now look really, really old. They do because they've now got like, you know, the, the Thomas the Tank Engine now. It's like, well, you know, it's like computer generalized. It's, it's, it's amazing. But, um, but yeah, no Ringo. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one. I'm a big Beatles fan and it is a, you know, at some point you have to say, okay, enough is enough. But, um, but yeah, very, very bizarre video. <laughs> Great song, bizarre video. That's what I would say. Charlie D'Amelio, Walmart controversy. So the D'Amelio sisters, which is Charlie and her older sister Dixie, have released a popcorn brand in Walmart. And essentially as part of the promo for this, they've gone and done a whole PR shoot in Walmart with videos, pictures, all sorts of them dressed as Walmart staff, stacking the shelves, taking it through checkouts, etc. And essentially from this, there's been a load of sort of outrage from the public in the comments of the TikTok videos, etc. of people accusing them of cosplaying as Walmart workers, like taking the mick out of society, thinking they're above normal people. And they've just had this sort of relentless backlash for the last week. So we sort of want to ask this question, have they had a PR nightmare and that shoot should have never happened? 
or is this actually just the public overreacting to something which was never intended to be that way? My first thing when I heard this and I saw this and you showed me this was my comment was um, it was a little bit of a sort of a conspiracy theory comment, I suppose. It was has the upper echelons had enough of this person? You know, is it their time over? Because it seems that recently, if people get a certain stature, that they run the risk of of this kind of cancellation, this cancel cancel culture kind of thing. I mean, there's been controversies before, for example, about a year or two ago, there was a whole thing that broke out where, so they have their own reality show. They're a bit like the new Kardashians, to be honest. And they were having like a family dinner and they had James Charles around. And at this point, um, Charlie was on, I think it was like 97 million or 98 million followers on TikTok. And she made a comment of, wouldn't it be cool if by the end of the year, I could make it to 100 million when actually at the start of the year, I only had a million. And at that point, James Charles picked up and was like, oh, so you're the 97 million not good enough for you. Obviously, it's a joke. And the public just kind of ran with that comment of like, she's not grateful, she doesn't deserve a success. And that was kind of the first major controversy. There's been all sorts of little mini ones along the way. But I, I think it's one of these things. I don't think it's come so much from above that there's like some higher person that's had enough of them and wants them gone. I think it's more actually a public mentality thing where, especially with influencers, because we follow them from scratch, we like to see them them succeeding and building until they reach the top. And when we reach the top, it like flips to a point of becoming jealous and you move to the next person you want to build up and see succeed. And to let that next person succeed, you have to knock the other one off the top. So it's like, we, as the public, we build them up to knock them down. Is it the public or is it the media watching very closely to the public's kind of perception and where they're going and then jumping on, you know, okay, this person is prime now for a for a pulling down kind of thing. I think there's two sides with this media thing where there's a bit of a balancing act and it's hard to know exactly where to pitch the media. Because, for example, I only know there's been outrage about this because I've seen the media reporting the outrage. I'd actually seen the actual content before that and not thought at all that it was intended in that way. It was just a good little PR exercise that a hundred other people have done before. How So you could say, by the fact I only see it from the media, the media have put that out there. But then I guess you could also defend the media and say, well, the media aren't going to report it if there is an outrage there. So I think they definitely make the outrage more prominent and probably attract more people to do those attacks. But I feel like there must be something comes first for the media to do anything. The thing is, though, you generally are, an, are, are a nice person, Bailey. <laughs> uh, that's why I work with you. Um, but no, when I say that, as in you don't, um, and I don't either as much as possible, you don't get involved in in putting a negative opinion. You have neg- negative opinions and you, you will say bad things about certain things and, and topics and that, but, but you know where to say it. You know, um, we're not going to come on onto a podcast and just slag people off for um, to try get numbers or to try get popularity. So are you looking at it? What you just said, are you saying that through sort of rose tinted eyeglasses, whatever, because you don't take the bait? I look at that situation. I feel like I always want to give people the benefit of the doubt that, well, they obviously didn't intend to do this as we're above being a Walmart worker. I don't think they do that, but I can see how other people may interpret it that way, not give them that benefit of the doubt. So there definitely is something there where you can see why 
I can see why people would sit on the other side of the fence. You know, because I look, I looked at it and thought, well, well, they're just acting. They're just pretending to to do be. It's like um, Bill Cranston and the other, uh, the Breaking Bad, the other guy, Aaron, whatever it is. They got paid to be bartenders, and they served drinks at a party the other day. I don't, I'm not sure where it was. I think it was in Saudi Arabia or somewhere like that. Um, you could say, well, that's exactly the same. They're pretending to be normal work people but i don't know it's i think i i'm borderlining on it's an overreaction i i think so for sure i think there's also something to be said here of like because we come from this sort of entertainment industry background do we take a different take on it than maybe a more mainstream public would because there's also a side that i now look at of it's not the Emilio sisters to plan that pr shoot who've decided we're going to go and do this at walmart there's a whole team behind them that have made those decisions. So I think it's unfair to come out and go, Charlie D'Amelio thinks she's above Walmart workers. She's just turned up where she was t- told to turn up and followed a creative. Charlie D'Amelio, if she's smart, and I'm sure these influencers, these content creators are smart, they're listening to their team because it's their team that has actually gotten to where they, they, they are. It's not them individually. No one can do it individually, I don't think, no more. I think especially with these influencers as well, because they themselves admit like they accidentally became famous. They weren't posting videos with a whole strategy, just on TikTok, things randomly go viral and people suddenly have a career that they never planned. So they will listen to their team more than anyone else because they have no idea where they're going. They don't even know how, how they got to where they are right now. They really like rely heavily on that team. And therefore... I always like to think when they get in trouble, that's the team's fault, not theirs, if anyone is to blame. Yes, but it's always it's always the the main person who, who who obviously gets all the flack. You know, no one no one no one cares about someone's team. Um you know, it's only it's only the team that care about the team, if you get what I mean. This is what I say as well, us with an entertainment background like we look at it in a different way because most of the public would look at a team and be like, well, I don't know who would make this decision and that decision. She's got a publicist, a PR, a manager, an agent. Like, who the hell does what? Even us that know like production and stuff, each production is so different to each other, it's hard to know what each person is exactly doing on any shoe. So for someone that has no outside knowledge, it'd be almost impossible to try and find the right person to blame, and I think that's why they go for that easy option. I mean, there's been quite a few of these like, recently where you have to question at what point they were made and what was their things behind it. Now, I think something like this seems very, very, it doesn't look like they've tried to plan, you know, they've just tried to do a little skit and people have overreacted. I mean, Jesus Christ. They must be sat there as well thinking like, why us? I mean, Ed Sheeran's gone and done basically the exact same thing working in the Lego store. KSI and Logan Paul last year, I think we're literally at Walmart selling Prime. No backlash. The D'Amelio sisters have done nothing different than a hundred famous people have done before. This begs my question, Bailey. This begs my question. Is it their time up? Have, have the upper echelons, have the media, have, you know, have they pissed someone off? I can see where you get that conspiracy of like an upper echelon deciding their time's up. However, I don't think that's happened because they're literally still like by the mainstream, they're getting platforms and everything. They're literally like they've just started the new season of their like reality show. However, opposite end conspiracy, possibly this is where it's all manipulated and planned 
to actually raise their profile to promote the new series. Just the fact their names are in the headlines gets people Googling them and going, oh, they've got a TV series on, I'll check that out. It's directing attention to them, and it's another one of these things that people always say in PR. Any attention from the media is good attention. Maybe they're just playing on that. Who knows? Possibly it could even be their PR people who are making those comments that kick the media off. For example, there was a case a couple of years ago with an artist who um, released a song called ABCDEFU. And that came from a TikTok comment of this artist was putting stuff out like, give me cues to make a song about and I'll make one like on the spot. And it turned out that this comment who someone had said make a song that relates to the alphabet and she made this whole song off the back of it. Turned out that was actually someone from her record label. The song was all pre-made and they manipulated that to get the public going, whoa, she made that on the spot and it's a hit. They will manipulate these stories when they need to to get attention. I mean, it's clever, really. I always remember uh, working for Pretty Polly. Now, Pretty Polly are a tights brand, yeah, as in like women's tights. And we were doing... Um, what they were calling the first, the world's first live interactive billboard. And basically there's a bill, there's like a, um, I don't know if it's still there, but on the side of the sort of a dual carriageway in London it is, um, there is like a, a box and it's a glass box and there is an actual room behind it, but there's a bit of glass and normally they just have like, they used to just have billboards. But what they did was that we did a live Japanese style Karuko show, which if you don't know what that is, it's where people are dressed in black and we had like um, the tights, basically his legs dancing and stuff like that. And behind him, everyone is doing these things. So you, the tights can, can move and it's basically everyone in blacks. Anyway, point of this story is we did that. And they had a stunt man drive a car and crash um, next to it. And it was then rang up that their PR team were ringing up radio stations saying, oh, there's traffic jams because of this billboard, blah, 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 blah. And a car's just crashed because of this billboard. And it was all to get people knowing about this interactive billboard. Funnily enough, similar sort of story, which is perfectly in connection with Charlie D'Amelio. Her boyfriend, Landon Barker, who is the son of Travis Barker from Blink-182, recently released his first song. In the build-up to him releasing that song, he'd filmed the whole music video, and in the music video, there's a fight scene. However, his PR team had actually leaked a part of that music video to the press beforehand, and it was all over the media for like a whole week that he'd actually had a fight, and he'd had, a, I think it was his lip bust or his nose bust. And eventually a week on, then he came on his TikTok and was like, ha, ah, fold you all, here's a link to the video. And that's a PR team sat right next to Charlie's. Could even be some people on his PR team that link across. Within that circle, there's something going on. Now we've an analysed it, what are you saying? Either way, an overreaction from the public, because there is public reacting, but that could be the PR of plan for the public to react that way. So it could be a PR mistake, it could be totally planned. If so, points to them because it's worked. Public. Get a grip, essentially, is my side of it. Right, let's get on to this next topic. Theatre ban on recordings. Now, logically, or not logically, but most people would go straight away, don't even come out of this, Bailey. Why don't you say what, it, what we're talking about first? So, obviously, people will know when you go to the theatre, you always get that like, announcement at the start of, like, recording is strictly prohibited. You're not allowed your phone out in the theatre. You're not allowed to video it. 
And that's just like a normal tradition that we all accept. However, a couple of weeks ago, I was watching, I think it was an Olivia Rodrigo concert. And there was videos coming up on TikTok of people from the audience who had been. And just watching those got me to a point of, I'd never think of going to an Olivia Rodrigo concert. However, these videos looked so good that I was like, do you know what? I'd actually quite like to go at that. And I went and looked on her website and saw if like she was coming to the UK at any point. And it made me think there's something going on there when people are creating the videos and publishing them, that it's creating marketing for these people for free that's attracting people in that theatre right now isn't doing. And I think there's also something to be said when it's an audience member making those videos. For some reason, I feel like I react to it in a better way than when the artist puts out a fully produced recording themselves. I feel like that's trying to market to me, whereas when you just see someone who's been there and enjoyed it, that gives me a different feeling of like, I guess it's a bit of a I'm missing out kind of thing. And it made me think like theatre, especially at the minute where they're struggling to get ticket sales, could taking that ban off recording make the difference? Where has that come from, the fact that you can't? Can you imagine anywhere else someone saying you can't film? Well, it's to do with copyright laws, isn't it? It's the same as like, on like Disney films back in the day when you used to get that whole thing of like, would you steal this? Would you steal that? Then why are you stealing a film? There is something in that creating the recording is stealing content from that. This is where I feel like that legal argument is challenging because that copyright is put there because they think actually if someone sees the footage, it's going to stop them wanting to go along because they've already seen it. But I think it actually has the opposite effect. I think it adds to your profit, not takes away from it. I don't think that copyright is really protecting. I think it actually could be holding back. It's a tricky one because with comedy, for example, they will often do the same jokes. So if you know the jokes, then, you know, it's never, for example, if you watch it, I remember watching like a Lee Evans video, loved it. When I watched it the second time, still funny, but not as good. So with some things, it can ruin it. And well, I guess everything can be ruined once you've seen it. However, it's like, you know, I suppose cinemas, you don't do it at cinema, do you? I mean, you, you do get the, you know, the little, some dodgy people trying to do it and then put it online. But it's, uh, I don't know. It, it's this whole tradition thing, isn't it? It's, it wouldn't seem proper, you know? To get your, your, it'd be like going to the opera or something like that. You wouldn't do it at the opera. Ah, it's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because there is this traditional thing. But in the end of the day, let's forget tradition. They desperately need, you know, if you're a new, maybe a lay Miz might not need because, you know, lay Miz, I don't remember them doing any advertising, but they're still there. For a new musical, it, I think it's exactly what they would need, you know, to, to to pump up the numbers. That's it. It's like, do we need traditional standards for non-traditional shows? If you went to Le Mis and someone pulled out their phone next to you, you would be fuming. But if you went to Mamma Mia, I feel like it's a weird, different environment. Like, it's normal for people to sit there and sing along. Again, there's controversy around that where a lot of people hate that going on. But somewhere like a Mamma Mia, I feel like it's way more acceptable. Or if that was like Anne Juliet it feels more towards a concert environment than it does a theatre environment. And I, th I think this is another one of these balancing acts. It's like, what defines the difference between traditional theatre and contemporary theatre? Where's the split? Because really, like, the whole concert scene, 
developed out of theatre. If you go back to like the 30s, 40s, 50s, Frank Sinatra was performing in theatres, not arenas. It's been born from there. So it's not as crazy as it actually sounds at face value to say we should be more like concerts, because concerts is an evolution of that theatre. I think it's just picking which shows can do it and trying to find a way to distinguish between. I think it was you who said it yesterday um, when we were thinking about solutions. Maybe having um, different performances where, you know, some performances you are allowed to film and it, and some performances you, you aren't allowed to film. And maybe you could even do it on where in the theatre you are. Like, if you paid that, like, high price for, like, the front row seats and, like, downstairs then that's where you get your traditional theatre experience, where actually if you're like right up in the highest balcony, maybe you could go up there, you can actually film if you want. Make areas for people so they get the experience they want. So I would be up for theatre things being online, right? I would be up for it. I would support, you know, people going and, and doing their cameras because I would then probably watch more musicals and eventually go, do you know what? I would love to go watch that in public. And this is it. I don't think you should be able to like publish the entire thing. But the clips of it, I think, is what works to get people going, oh, I'm interested in that, actually. I want to see more. I'll buy the ticket. Would you want to be sitting down, if you spend, especially the money that you're spending on theatre tickets now? If you're overpricing things, you're going to gradually get people trying to give people a cheaper version. Do you know what I mean? Um... I don't feel that is a major, even though overpricing is huge in theatres now, I mean, it's ridiculous how much it is to go watch a show. It's like the audience are so respectful that, because you'd think people would be just saying, fuck it, I've paid 100 quid for this ticket, I'm going to bloody film it, you know? I think this is where they need to change the marketing approach as well, because it's like they're putting those prices up because of the cost of living. But when they do that, less people want to come because no one wants to pay the price. Why are people not willing to pay £50 to go and watch a West End show, but they are willing to pay 50 to go to a concert? It's because the concert's built up that hype before. They can't. They don't want to miss it. West End, they don't care if they miss it or not because it's not building hype. And this is where we need to revolutionise that market stream. That's where I think there's an argument for taking the banner recording off. I think there's a whole thing around like extending the licensing and doing West End Funko Pops, doing Lego sets. We need to explore these other options rather than just going, oh, we make money from ticket sales, so we're going to increase ticket prices. That clearly isn't working. If we keep doing that, theatre's going to die. We need to look at other options. And at some point, we're going to have to break these traditions. Maybe now is just the time to do it. Perfect. Perfect ending to a, a controversial topic. And and funnily enough, our, our final topic, well, let's get this in, in quickly. Um, our final topic is, is theatre-linked, actually, and it's the King Lear Macintosh controversial controversy cancellations. Um, it's, it feels like the whole theatre world at the moment. Anything a, anything goes wrong, people are reporting on it, you know. <laughs> um, what, what, what's happened here, then? In the past week, there's been a couple of King Lear performances cancelled, which is Cameron McIntosh's latest production, which he's produced. However, in the cancellations, there's been this strange wording of it's cancelled due to a cast indisposition, which I don't think is something I've ever seen on a cancellation before. What What is the actual dictionary? What's the dictionary term for input? I've never heard that word, indisposition. Yeah, indisposition. 
So it has two meanings. It can mean mild illness or it can mean sort of a lack of enthusiasm, a reluctance. And this is what I think is strange with this announcement. If it's the illness, why didn't you just say illness? And if you choose an indisposition to be mild illness, like is that a little bigger cast member that you don't think they're actually ill enough to be off work? However, equally, that whole side of reluctance, lack of enthusiasm, could there be something going on inside that we don't know about of there's been a big fallout, people are refusing to turn up for work? Like, it seems like there must be something to that wording choice. It doesn't seem quite normal. It is a strange thing to say because people, the, the public are very unforgiving when people cancel. But, you know, if you're a fan, like, you know, when Adele, for example, when she had all her problems and people, people, you know, they, they're, oh, bless, oh, you know, get well soon, blah, 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 blah. But if you don't give a good enough reason, I'd be fucking pissed, if, I, especially if I'd paid, you know, theatre prices nowadays, um, especially that we're not allowed to video. <laughs> I, I'd be like, you know, what the hell? I mean, where... How close can they cancel a performance? Like before, like because there must have been people who um, who had paid for hotels, petrol, all sorts. Well, I'm gonna go to that whole thing in a minute of like the hotels and stuff. But realistically, they can cancel the performance however close to it they need to. At the end of the day, if the performance can't go ahead, they have to cancel it. However, this does ask: where are your swings at? Where are your understudies at? If your situation's got that bad, surely you've not hired enough people. We need more swings so that we don't have to do these last-minute cancellations. At the end of the day, if your entire cast has been wiped out, you know that at least the morning of the production, it shouldn't be just a few hours before. It just seems very strange that you wouldn't have, a obviously, an understudy and there's there's got to be more to this. Uh, have, is there any more to it? Is there anything else come out? This announcement of its cancelled due to position came out at the weekend. However, then since then, there's been another one in the week that's been cancelled for the same reason. So that's the only real development. No one's ever really, like, come out and said, this is exactly what's going on inside. I, I was surprised not to have seen anyone in the comments as well going, like, in disposition, what does that actually mean? What's going on? Give us information. No one's actually demanded information. Like, I feel like I'm the only person who's looked at and gone, that's a bit weird. Well, it's a different audience again, isn't it? It's not the influencer audience. It's not the sort of the internet trolls where they'll straight away complain. It's, 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 uh, you know, uh, people who are going to watch King Lear, it's like the opera, you know, there is a level of, of, um, if you need to make a complaint, there is a, a time and a place for it and it's not on the internet. Okay. So then to come back to that point of the hotels, the travel. That was the one thing I did see in the comments. There was a lot of audience members going, well, are you going to pay for my hotels then? Are you going to pay for my travel down? And I thought that is, again, another interesting side. Should the production have to pay for that? What would your thoughts be on that, Stuart? The problem is nowadays, the moment you, you leave your house, everything you are, everything is, is costing so much, you know, whether it's a tube ticket, whether it's a, a bus or a train or a, you, you turn up and your food, because there's not just hotel, it's hotels, food, it's, it's, it's the buses, the travel, the, uh, you know, everything 
costs. So it's not a normal just a, a travel down now and you're paying for 30 quid train um, ticket and then your your 40 quid ticket for the theatre. To then get to that point where you've spent all that money and then it's cancelled, it's not that you couldn't afford to go, you know, it's not that you wouldn't want to go again. You possibly couldn't afford to go again because you've got to pay for everything else. See, interesting, because I've not thought of it that way of like, you can't go to King Lear again. I was thinking of it at the time of, I was kind of thinking it's a negative mindset to look at it and be like, it's a wasted trip. Definitely your ticket should get refunded. However, especially when you're going to like the West End to see a show. I felt like, okay, well, that ticket's been cancelled. You get the ticket back. Go to the ticket booth. There's a hundred other shows in London. You'd be able to go and see something. Your hotel isn't wasted. Your travel isn't wasted. You can still have a great day out. You can still go to the theatre. Whereas let's say like, if you were going to, look at going to like for a concert that's probably the only concert in town if that gets cancelled you can't just go to another so i did think of it as a like negative mindset however i do get that side of you might have wanted to see king lear and just seeing something else might not be a satisfying option because you wanted king lear you can come again and you're gonna have to then pay two lots of hotels two lots of travel and this extra ticket to make sure your first one weren't a wasted trip to then actually see King Lear. There's got to be a major reason, I think, to, to be at a council and and cast not have cast in in disposition, <laughs> like just does not seem a good enough reason for me. It just has no clarity to it. Again, because it's got these two versions of a meaning. That's why as soon as I saw it, I was like, well done, what's going on there? Like it's a strange word to use. If it ill if it is illness. Tell them that if it is Castor refusing to turn up for work, tell them that like on your shit. If it's mild, can you imagine? Like I don't want you know to to I don't want things cancelled because someone's mildly mild. I mean the amount of times we've done you know um, whether it's podcast filming or whether it's you know just work in in general you know Zoom meetings and that and one of us has been ill or I've it's normally me you know because I'm old, but do you know what I mean? As in, can you imagine if we just cancelled everything? Like, it just seems to be able to make that decision to cancel a whole production and then say because of an indisposition, I can't even say the word, um, it just seems very, very bizarre. Yeah, I think it's just a bad wording choice. Like, I don't think they're actually intentionally done that to try and hide whatever the fact is. I think it's just a bit like the Charlie D'Amelio thing, a bit of a PR mistake. Like, it seems, it makes it seem stranger than it possibly needs to be. It's an interesting time. And um, like I said, people are on the edge, you know. The world's going a bit crazy. No one knows what the best decision is, so they can't, so mistakes are being made. So I think it, it makes for very interesting topics in the future because it, there's going to be m much more controversies. Obviously, we don't want to just always talk about controversies we want to talk about happy positive things you know we don't want too many sad things all the time but it you know i suppose talking about theater banning it it, it it's it's not controversy it's it's we're trying to always move move our industry on aren't we yeah that's it it's all about progression like it's not actually about the contro controversy of like breaking tradition it, it's like kind of how i ended that topic it's not about breaking tradition it's about tradition adapting we can't just stick in what we did in the 1500s because it worked then. If it ain't working today, it's time to change. 
<laughs> I, do you know what? It's starting to come a little tradition, isn't it? It's like we pit, we peter, we peter out a subject, and I'll be like, so yes, you know, and I'll say something, and then you come up with your last little sentence, and that sentence is always a great one. But now I've ruined it by saying this. So, <laughs> so you should you should say Got one more sentence. Word, you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, no. Recently, though, the last couple of episodes that we've done, there's been some real nice endings of, of topics. Um, where they've just you've just come out with a perler, a perler of a line for the for the finish, and I've just gone. <laughs> yeah, I'll just cut. I'll just fair play. Just that's that's a great ending, um, which is which is not ended great now because I'm talking. But yeah, uh, shut the fuck but, up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yes, brilliant. Um, why don't you remind people where they can watch it and um, and what they should be doing? You can catch us on any platform. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. Wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. So before you leave us, give us a little treat. Hit subscribe, click the like button and the notification bell up top. Right, there you go. Let's end it there. Um, thank you, Bailey, for uh, for giving your amazing opinions, for your discussion. Uh, I will see you... Um, we're not having a meeting afterwards. We did our meeting before today. So I will see you... Uh, probably tomorrow <laughs> yeah i'll see you tomorrow and i'll see everyone else next week take care bye-bye